Well, if you were here last week, you know that uh, Josh began a new sermon series titled The Good Life, and uh, we know that we uh, experience the good life as we are transformed day by day into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And last week, uh, as we began to think about that, Josh led us in thinking about our thought life and how uh, our thinking uh, should be renewed um, so that our thinking is more like the mind of Christ. Well, this week, uh, we're kind of in a related area, but instead of thinking, we're moving into feeling And they are connected because what we think about can um, affect how we feel. But as we move towards feeling, how are you feeling today? Cold, did I hear? (laughs) I suspect that's a common response in our midst today, but also I would suspect that... uh, Uh, If I were to really ask, we'd probably get any number of responses because we feel many different things at many different times. We might feel cold or hungry or itchy or fearful or dizzy or thirsty or sleepy or weary or sad or happy or we might have desire or interest or pain or pleasure. We might be lonely or homesick. You kind of get the idea. Uh, there's, uh, we feel lots of things all of the time. It's endless. And um, personally, right now, I probably feel a little anxious. Uh, and I'm hoping that you're not really feeling bored or irritated at the moment, to be honest with you. Um, but, but feelings are a part of human existence. And uh, God meant them as a blessing. And they are a blessing. Uh, without feelings, we are... Uh, apathetic. Uh, We're unmotivated to do anything. Um, If you know, uh, if you've ever been in a time when you were numb, you might not feel like pursuing any interest, uh, pursuing any good thing or any hard thing, um, because uh, feelings are the things that move us. Now, I do want to mention that I am addressing this from more of a spiritual perspective today, There are times when you may need professional help. If you are in a place where you're not feeling anything, um, if you're dealing with addictions or anything of that nature, um, I don't want you to think that that this is everything you need. Um, Please get professional help if you need it. But feelings do move us, and we like to be moved. Um, That's what gives us interest in things. If we're bored... Uh, That's what moves us to pursue a hobby, uh, something that adds richness to our life and beauty to the world. Uh, If we have compassion, that's what moves us uh, perhaps to take a meal to a friend who is sick. Uh, If we feel anger, anger has the power to move us. Uh, As we think about Martin Luther King um, weekend, anger has the power to, to move us towards correcting those things that are wrong and making them right again. But just as they can move us towards something positive, we recognize that feelings can be a problem because they can also lead us to sin. They can lead us towards destructive actions. Uh, We may desire something, and that something may be something that's not good for us or in the desire of it is harmful to another person. Uh, If we get angry, our anger can be used for good. 
in terms of righting a wrong, but it can also obviously be used to cause harm uh, to other people. Um, so we have feelings, and it's not that that's good. We need to accept that we have feelings, but we also need to recognize that we shouldn't just let our feelings happen, uh, that we shouldn't just let them lead us into whatever uh, particular action seems good in the moment, that we have a responsibility to take good care of our actions or our, our feelings and make sure that they are leading us to do the right thing. As we think about that, um, I want to look at the story of the Good Samaritan for just a moment, because in that story we see characters uh, that were moved to action. And we find this story recorded for us in Luke chapter 10. The way Luke recorded it, he said, Jesus uh, replied with the story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. And so as we look at this story, we see that there was a man in need, and we see different responses to this need. Uh, there was a priest and a Levite who both noticed him, but they didn't help the man. We are not told what they were feeling or why they didn't stop. We are left to kind of imagine that or imagine what we might have felt if we had been in a similar situation. They might have felt an urgency to get where they were going. They might have had fear for their safety, thinking that was going to happen to them if they stopped to help. They might have felt inconvenience at the interruption in their routine. Maybe they felt confusion in their priorities because to touch uh, a dead body would uh, make them cer ceremonially impure. And um, so maybe they were confused on whether they should risk that or they should provide help. We aren't really told, but we usually look at their action as selfish because they didn't help the man. On the other hand, we are told that the Samaritan felt compassion. And in that compassion, he was moved to help the man. But in both um, instances, feelings were likely a factor in the choice of their outcomes just as they are in our activities of our day. Uh, and sometimes how we feel and what we, we do leads us to good choices, and sometimes it leads us to unfortunate choices or at the very least missed opportunities to do good. Well, we have to realize 
feelings um, cannot be controlled by our own willpower. And anybody who's probably been on a diet understands that. Um, but we understand um, that sometimes just the giving in to a feeling, the giving in to uh, temptation is an exhilarating feeling. And I don't know if you can um, remember a time when you were trying to uh, not do something that you really wanted to do, but you knew you really shouldn't do it. And whether it was a purchase of something that you wanted and you knew that it was really more expensive than you should um, purchase, and but yet it was there, it was available, and you wanted it, and you finally gave in and purchased it. And maybe uh, you can remember that moment of surrender um, when you gave up the fight and went ahead and got that thing that you really wanted. And uh, there may have been some pleasure in that moment. Uh, guilt may have settled in um, later, um, but it's possible that in that moment of surrender to the temptation, there was pleasure. Um, and you can take that example and apply it to all kinds of instances in our lives. But if we want our feelings to be transformed into Christ-likeness, we need to realize the answer does not, does not lie in trying to resist our feelings or in trying to deny that we have feelings. Um, if we are spiritually and emotionally healthy, we're going to feel things, and that's good. Uh, we may feel anger when someone causes us harm or uh, causes harm to someone we love or... You know, sometimes when they just linger too long, when clearly the light has turned green, I'm sure that never happens to you. We may feel awe when we gaze at something breathtakingly beautiful. We may feel itchy if we've gotten into poison ivy. We may feel tired if we stay up too late or, you know, when the alarm goes off. Uh, we may feel content. Uh, when we're safely at home, we've had a good meal, and those we love are gathered with us. And each of those instances, those, those feelings can lead to some good action or a negative action. If we um, linger in our anger on the road, that can lead us to road rage. Uh, and if we awe at something, you feel awe at something beautiful, that can lead us to worship. But it can lead us to wanting it when it's not appropriate to take it away from someone else. Well, I could go on, but we are formed into Christ-likeness. We don't so much resist feelings so much as we try to live so that those destructive feelings are not experienced at all. So that when we get irritated in a situation, we don't no longer feel moved uh, towards uh, the destructive feeling. An example that came to my mind as I was thinking about that is, is to go back to the poison ivy example. Because um, I have become sensitive to poison ivy. So if I come in contact with poison ivy, within a few hours, I break out into an itchy, oozing, uncomfortable, icky rash. Now, I could approach that and say, you know, that's going to happen. I'm just going to keep on gardening, and I'm just going just to have to deal with the rash whenever it happens. 
However, that's not the choice I have made. I, I made the choice to find out what poison ivy looks like in every season of the year, to find out the places in my environment where I am likely to encounter poison ivy and to take the precautions I need to take so that I don't get that itchy rash because I don't want to have it. Well, just as I desire not to get an itchy rash, we need to desire not to sin. That's what we need to think about. And when we encounter feelings that in the past um, and still have the power to continue to cause us to move towards um, actions that could be uh, harmful to us, harmful to others, I think we need to take a similar approach. We need to recognize when we are starting to feel uh, those emotions moving us towards a direction uh, that is going to be harmful. For another example, if we recognize that we are more likely to be impatient with our family members and say things uh, that later we regret, that that happens when we are pressed for time and experiencing stress, then maybe we need to be aware that when that is beginning to happen, that that's a time when we need to pause or quickly pray and uh, consider our response and the words that we say in those moments. Or maybe we even need to take it a step further and say, you know, maybe I need to change my routines so that I am not so pressed for time in the morning and not so given uh, to saying words that could be um, hurtful to someone I love. I confess I'm a, a work in progress on that particular issue. But our heart's desire can and should be to be formed in Christ-likeness. Um, but if you've um, been on that journey, you know it's not an easy journey. Um, we have an enemy that doesn't want us to succeed, and temptation is thrust down in our path uh, from moment to moment, to day to day. And uh, I know I mentioned a few moments ago that the giving in to that feeling of temptation can itself be a pleasurable experience, which doesn't always help us on that journey. And that's why self-control then becomes an important um, aspect in dealing with our journey and um, our feelings. And Dallas Willard defines self-control this way. He said, self-control is the steady capacity to accomplish what you have chosen or decided to do and be, even though you don't feel like it. In other words, it means that sometimes we have to do what we don't want to do or vice versa, not do what we want to do. Um, as we're dealing with our feelings. And that's a little different um, than not giving in to a feeling. First of all, self-control is uh, a fruit of the Spirit, so I think um, it already recognizes that we're not alone, but God is um, on the journey with us. But it also gives us the capacity to see the long-term outcome. And to accomplish the long-term outcome, we recognize that sometimes we have to do what we don't want to do um, or vice versa. As an example, last year I reached the point where I knew I really needed to start making some healthier choices um, about what I was eating and to exercise more. 
Um, And so I started that journey. But I'm going to tell you, there are times when I would much rather sit down on the couch and watch TV than to go downstairs and get on that exercise bike. But I want the results from the exercise, so um, that often spurs me on to make uh, the better choice. Ultimately, we just need to develop a strong revulsion to the wrong feelings and ultimately replace them uh, with feelings that are good. And to do this, we do it best when we are rooted in God's love for us. Because as we remember that God loves us, we remember that we Uh, that God has both the desire and the power uh, to help us on this journey. Uh, We are reminded of that if we look at Ephesians 3, and this was uh, Paul um, praying. Uh, We're coming into the middle of a prayer, actually, of Paul as he's praying for this church. But in the midst of this prayer, he says, I pray that you being rooted and established in, in love may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And so we are reminded of the great love that God has for us and the great power that holds holds for us. And that that alone is enough. That provides everything we need as we um, try to be transformed into Christ-likeness. But we also remember that God is on our side. God wants us to succeed. Paul again reminds us that, uh, is praying for the church in Rome this time, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants us to experience the good life. Well, that's going to work best if we continue to turn our eyes to Jesus moment by moment throughout the day. Because when we are already turning our minds and our thoughts to Jesus, then in those moments when we are feeling um, anger or we're feeling uh, desire for something that maybe is not good for us, we have the help that we need to move towards uh, making the right choice, the good choice that will lead us towards the good life. Well, each time we do that, I think we find that the destructive feelings uh, that we have are being replaced by those that are good. And our um, feelings are beginning to more and more take us in the direction that helps us make good choices. And what we will find are characteristics that begin to dominate our lives um, the way that Paul describes in Galatians 5 the characteristics of a Christ-like person. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, 
self-control. My prayer for all of us is that as we uh, walk through our days, that we become more aware of how we are feeling and the ways uh, that we can instead move towards uh, characteristics that are displayed here because what a beautiful world it would be if we were all more like that. Well, before we uh, sing a, a final song and before we walk out into the world trying to uh, transform our feelings, we like to take a moment to, to begin to practice that a little bit. And so I'm going to give you a few moments to just reflect a little more deeply on uh, uh, one of a couple of things. And one is maybe you need to reflect on the love of Christ for you and how deep and wide um, it is. I know um, as I was thinking about that, I was remembering back to a point in time when I had answered a call to ministry, but I hadn't yet uh, begun seminary. And I remember it was a point I was full of doubt, and I was feeling unworthy and uncertain and a little fearful of what, what the future would hold and wondering if I was really moving in the right direction. And as I prayed about that, I was overwhelmed, and the only way I can describe it is by ocean waves of God's love for me in, in a place where I just got completely lost in that. And, and to experience the power of that love uh, was everything I needed in that moment in time. And so um, if that's what you need to do, I encourage you to think about the biggest thing that you can think of that you could get lost in and, and try to reflect of that being God's love for you. Or maybe you need to reflect today on what the fruit of the Spirit looks like, of love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, and uh, think of what it looks like when your life is displaying those characteristics. Uh, because as long as we are on this side of the sod, we can never have enough of those. So wherever you are today, take a few moments and reflect, and then I'll pray. Oh, Lord God, you are a great and wonderful God, and your love is so much bigger and deeper and stronger than we can ever begin to completely understand and experience. But Lord, in the midst of that love, we give you our thanks that you have created us. And in your love for us, you have desired to continue in relationship with us and to give us everything we need as we walk through our days. 
at your heart's desire is that we would moment by moment day by day and week by week be transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ but we also come before you today recognizing that sometimes that's a really hard journey and there are days when uh, we do pretty well and then there are days despite our best efforts we sit on the couch and watch television and Lord, we just also want to remember that in those moments, your grace is great. And so for all the places that we're not living into the example we want to live into today, I, I pray that we will bring that before you and that you will remind us uh, that you forgive us and love us and that we uh, continue on our journey. And Lord, as we continue on that journey, Help us to become more aware of, of how we are feeling and the ways that our, those, those feelings are leading us to action. That we will take care of our feelings and not let them just happen to us. That we will walk in the midst of them and, and discover the ways that you are calling them to lead us to good and beautiful things. We give you our thanks, our praise, our love today. In Jesus' name.